Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Listen, hey, welcome everybody to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with us today, uh, the Knucklehead, Stephen. And then we have a, a special treat, a resident expert, if you will, leveraged influencer, you name it. I, I can't even I can't even talk about it enough. I may even throw out the wrong term to describe him. It's Amari Broussard. Uh, he spent some time in the Navy, so all of you guys... Oh, actually, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Is that right? Navy. That, correct? that is correct. Okay. That is correct. See, all you Marine Corps guys <laughs> that are wanting to, like, shut off now, pay attention. You might learn something, right? So... <laughs> Well, listen, Omari, I appreciate you taking some time. Welcome to the show, bud. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Um, for for the Marine Corps guys, uh, I'm not just a normal sailor. I'm a retired chief. So, um, you know, I, I may have something to, to pass down to you, but uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, to be on the Knucklehead Podcast is definitely going to be a notch on my belt. Um, now I can buy the t-shirt because um, I've actually been on the show. So thank you. Absolutely. 100%. Well, we love, uh, we love people who, who open up and talk about, um, talk about this, this mysterious thing, uh, that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are trying to, uh, to reach and that's success. Sometimes we don't want to take the scenic route. And after we get done doing it, we want to pound our chest and talk about how awesome we are. And the fact is, is, Hey, listen, this is not a, this is not a place to, uh, to be a beta. Don't be beta. That's no. our, that's our hashtag. We understand that, um, getting some wins or going out and taking iterative steps to go out there and being willing to fail and embracing that we will fail and we screwed up and we share stories about how bad we've jacked up. I mean, I called my uh, former HR director. Um, I was texting her. She had lied to uh, a guy that I was working uh, with and, and for, and, uh, and I straight up called her a, a feminist, you know, whatever. And I, turns out that uh, I was trying to text my wife what I felt Ooh. about this woman. It turns out that I was actually texting my HR director. So those things actually in, in, in this, in the sphere of knucklehead, uh, those, <laughs> those are what we call mistakes, but you learn to have discretion going forward and you get some wins to recover because uh, it wasn't as if I was just, you know, it was a 15 dollar an hour job. I was an equity partner in that business, you know? Ooh. So there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of learning lessons there. Yes, absolutely. Actually, I'm going to take one from that because sometimes I tend to, you know, I get on the text and rant a little bit. I'm going to be paid pay much attention to who I'm ranting to. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> you got to choose your audience wisely and your words. Even better, so. No, I appreciate that. Uh, well, Amari, so tell people a little bit about, about you and, and how, how, I mean, you don't, you don't get to become an E78 uh, in the service just by accident. That takes a lot of hard work and a lot of diligence, a lot of patience. But how have you learned to get to where you're at and, and, and talk a little bit about you? Yeah. So, um, I was born and raised in San Diego, California. My grandfather was in the Navy. Um, I grew up, my mom, I was raised by my mom. She had me when she was 17 years old. Um, the oldest of um, two sons. Uh, didn't really know. I didn't meet my biological father until I was in my 30s. Uh, we have a great relationship. Found out I got brothers and sisters. So I have a pretty massive family. Um, but I grew up in a very violent household. Um, I think. You know, I joined the military based off of a book report that my best friend, uh, he's still, he's a master chief in the Navy now. Uh, he's still in, um, but he presented a book in the seventh grade about uh, men with green faces. And it was about uh, Navy SEALs in Vietnam. So I was like, that's awesome. So from 
13 to 17. Um, that was the, the goal. Um, joined the Navy, uh, delayed entry, 16. Um, actually went in boot camp, 17 in Great Lakes, and spent 21 and a half years. Um, I got a chance to go to SEAL training, but I got medically rolled. Um, and then in the next class, I got medically dropped. I tried to go back two years later, and um, I have reactive airway disease, which is disqualifying from, from diving. So that dream was kind of shattered. Um, but it was my other best friend who was, uh, who was actually a former SEAL. He, he was the one that kept me in. He, he was like, dude, stay in. There's some cool shit you can do. So I stayed in and uh, come to find out after my last six years, I actually spent as uh, doing comm support for the SEAL teams on the West Coast. So I never became a SEAL, but I got to hang out with them. And uh, a lot of what was funny was a lot of my good friends that were in my buds class in the early 90s, 98 is when I went. They were all chiefs and senior chiefs and commanders when I actually reported to SEAL Team 3 for my uh, support time. So it was kind of cool to, to hang out with them. So that's my military story. Um, I enjoyed that's it. incredible, man. That's incredible. I, I like how you just kind of glossed over the fact. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, went through buds three times. Um, <laughs> I just could, you know, I mean, you're talking about the fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentage to even to get the chance to go to SEAL school, let alone yeah. uh, do what you did and serve right alongside them. So that's. That's incredible. Yeah. I appreciate your service, and it's not lost on me uh, the importance of that. And hovering back over the get some wins, how did you mentally deal with that third and final time? And was it a really good friend, or was it just somebody that you respected? Is that why you listened to him to stay in, or what, what would happen? So there? I stayed. I stayed in the Navy because, like you know, just to give some background, being a SEAL was like all was all consuming for me. My mentor that he was actually my mentor throughout my entire career, but he's a retired Navy SEAL, 30-year Master Chief Vietnam vet. That was my mentor. I used to go to his house all the time and sit around with old frogmen that were like the founding fathers of some of the latest SEAL teams. So yeah. when when I went through, um, when I was in training and I they kicked me out, I went to do uh, security duty. And then I tried to put in, when I was in Hawaii, I was stationed in Hawaii, and the doc literally tells me I had already passed the test to go back. I was ready to go. Um, and the doc was like, I can't send you back because reactive airway, airway disease, we don't know when that's going to come up. So it's like asthma. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's like, dude, if you're behind enemy lines and you get an asthma attack, like you're fucked yep. and everybody else is fucked. So I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do in the Navy if I can't go back and, and get another shot? Right. Right. So uh, my best friend, um, we were friends as kids. In fact, we were in the third grade together, and that was my first fist fight. And um, we became best friends. He was in the Marine Corps for five years, got out, then went to the SEAL teams and graduated, became a SEAL. And so we had all, we always kept in touch. So when I told him, I was like, dude, they won't let me go back to Bud's. My life's over. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. He was Seriously. like, look, man. Um, he's like, look, it, it's, it's a job. Like it's a job. You know what I'm saying? And he had gave me, he had gave me insight to an alternative job that I thought was pretty cool, which was a yep. visit board search and seizure. So, um, I went and did that and that's what led me to like, by taking his advice, it led me to the path that 
actually helped me make chief. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how that happened. It was just listening and, and having an open mind. Sometimes, you know, we talk about failures, right? Yep. Sometimes we, we fail because we fail to listen to people that have more insight on the situation and us. Right. Um, so I did what he said and, um, you know, I never got to put that trident on my chest, but I got to work alongside with some of the greatest guys in the world. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And it helped yeah, me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like, yeah, you, I was about ready to say, and you learned some valuable skills and lessons mm-hmm. uh, through that process. And so, and, and quite frankly, you may have been robbed of those if you hadn't, if you hadn't have gone through that, that mess. Yeah, up. So absolutely. Um, I think, it, I think it's said in a book that I like to read every, what is it? Um, every adversity carries with the seed of, or equivalent of equivalent or greater benefit. And, uh, and it's, just a, it's just like a really fun way of saying something that my, you know, Marine Corps knuckle dragon brain can't really understand, but it sounds really cool. So mm-hmm. what we just said is, all right, we're, we're going to fail and we're going to screw up. So I'm sure there's something to learn from it. That's, yeah. that's about as simple as we can make it. So there's a, there's a book I just read by uh, Ryan holiday called obstacle is the way it's a short read. So it's great for us military guys. That's right. Um, uh, and it's basically off the philosophy of stoicism. Uh, he's a big fan of Marcus Aurelius. And the premise of the book is, what if you looked at things as if failure, adversity was part of the process to achieve the goal you wanted to achieve? Not something extra, not something bad that happens. It's just part of it. Yeah. And without well, it, you don't get there. Yeah, so you're, that, that, that's a thing i keep in my head well i mean our my generation i mean you're you're 21 years in the military right so i'm 36 years old right and so all the uh, the only reason why i communicate that to you is one you know my generation and even the generations coming behind me our attention span is significantly uh less than what it is in in say your generation mm-hmm. right and and you're talking about instant gratification uh, we touch a piece of glass and get access to information however we want it's it's like serve me now Okay, that's not fast enough, right? And so it's there's a there's a significant lesson in in what you're talking about in that there is a process. There's a process to everything, and everybody wants yeah. to be as generic as possible. But what was your process when it came to business and transition that yeah. that was the biggest surprise uh, that you didn't anticipate? Um, the amount of work it takes to really um, like hit home runs. Like I it, I'm I'm not afraid of work. Right. But what I found and what I'm learning even now, like the amount of effort it takes from me as a business owner to market myself, to serve clients, to follow up, like it's immense. It's it's 10 times what anybody think it is, thinks it is. Right. And it is really this process. Now, sometimes you get lucky. Right. And, and maybe it's not luck. Right. It, it's work that you put in. But sometimes you get these blips on the radar that says, hey, I'm on the right track. But that doesn't mean you've arrived. So, for example, um, I got started in marketing about seven years ago with my firearms training business because I did not market. I got invited to go to Nevada. So I drove six hours to a ne- Nevada in the summer to an empty range with no students to teach. And it was that moment that I realized, oh. Uh, I, I actually got to make, I, I got to persuade people to come out. You don't just put up a sign and people come. Uh-huh. Right? So then through that period, I started learning about marketing and, and 
you know, I had some wins. And then I realized like, oh, I'm real good at marketing and I love it. Like I do it every single day, all day. So as I'm going through this process, I'm seeing kind of what you're talking about. I'm seeing the Facebook ads, excuse me, with the million dollar wins or the, you know, million dollar days or the, you know, I made $12,000 with this one ad in, in 24 hours. So, but I really didn't understand what went behind it until I had a client. Um, we did like a hundred grand in five days, right? Now, when people hear that, they're like, shit, $100,000. Like we did over $100,000 with no ad spend, with emails and some pages and some videos. However, it took us four months to build that. And we also got to look at the client has been in the game for decades. So they had a lot of capital built up in that. Sure. Right. So that's why I say for me, I'm still realizing like the amount of work that it takes to actually build a sustainable business. Cause it's not about, you know, I've had plenty of one hit wonders, you know, I, I write an email. I wrote an email a couple of weeks ago, made 1200 bucks, but that's a one hit wonder. That's not a sustainable business. So right. now as I fail forward, you know, I'm learning, okay, how do I, you know, make this sustainable? Right. And it may not be a hundred thousand dollars a week is sustainable, but Hey, maybe $10,000 a week is sustainable. Right. Know, maybe it's that for most people, a thousand dollars a week in business, that's pretty sustainable and that will sure. change your life with time. So that's, uh, I hope that answers that question. No, 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 it, it, it does. And it, it actually leads me to another question that I think most people would want to ask if they were, if they were having a conversation with you. And that is what were, what were one of those things that you were like, man, this is going to work. Not only is it going to work, it's going to work good. And you, you kind of put yourself out there and it just blew up in your face. It just didn't work. Bro, that happens. <laughs> 80. But let me tell you something before I dive into that. Yeah. That's an outstanding question. And I think everybody in business needs to realize this, right? Yeah. Last week I did a video on my Facebook page and it was based off a question from a student. I just spoke at university of Texas a couple of weeks ago. One of the students came up to me and she was like, how do you deal with failure? And I was like, let me tell you something, baby girl, when you in this game, 80% of the time you're going to fail. Right? So if you ask me, Hey, Amari, when's one of those times where you knew it was when you just in your head knew it was going to work and you did it. That's fucking every day, man. Every, every day, day I put out something, whether it's for me or a client or I'm consulting with somebody and I give them an idea to, yep. to do something and it doesn't work. And I come back and I'm just like, wait a second. All, everything was packaged and it, the, the copy is on point and the targeting is great. Why is this not working? So let me cap it with this. Let's go back three, four years ago. I met a guy named Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy has been in the marketing game for 40 years and I got a chance to meet Dan. Um, I, I know a lot of the, 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 the high level cats. So I asked Dan, he signed my book. I was like, Dan, you've been in the game for 40 years. How do you know? Cause people pay him a lot of money. How do you know what's going to work? And he looked at me, give me that old Dan gruff look. He actually reminds me of an old cranky chief. That's why I think I like Dan so much. He reminds me of my first chief. He's like, I don't know. I test. Just left it at that. I was like, oh. So what we realize is 
when you're, you know, in, in my world, in the world of marketing, marketing a business, growing a business, a lot of a lot of what you're doing because there's a lot of unknowns is testing. So if you kind of use the scientific method, come up with a hypothesis, do an experiment, control group, blah, blah, blah. And then after, you know, run it for a period of time and then adjust. You learn and adjust. And I think that's how you go from constant failure to a mindset of consistent testing. And some of those tests are going to hit. 80% of those tests are going to crash and burn. But if you don't get through the 80, you'll never find the 20 that actually move you forward. Especially if you're sitting there trying to plan the first one or the second, or you use the, the, the failure of the first seven to forget the lesson in the beginning, which is (laughs) you got to fail eight out of 10 times to get going anyway. So why are you stopping at seven? Exactly. You know what I mean? That's there's, there's so much, there's so much to, uh, there's so many lessons in that. Uh, I remember our first business and you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll actually cap it at that. But I remember our first business. I I wasn't willing to lose money. So -hmm. therefore I went out of business. Yeah. I mean, I was not willing to lose. We had corporate clients, we had individual clients, we had groups of folks, and we had, so we had three, I don't want to say profit centers, but definitely revenue generators. They were engines that were making money. However, because I was not willing to lose money, there was a, a short period of time on that ability to create income in that business. No doubt. And I wish it just, it, it was just, it, if it was somebody would have just slapped me upside the head. It was really my wife, but you know, if if, if it was somebody would slap me upside the head much earlier in the process, we, that business may still be being ran by a CEO and, and creating income for my family, you know, now. But no it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So, yeah. all right. So let's let's uh, let's wrap at this because we're right at uh, we're right at the timeline here, and I'm interested. How do people get in touch with you? Because I mean, there's a significant amount of experience that going through 20 years in the military uh, can afford somebody, and then at the same time. There's also the entrepreneurial path that you've been able to uh, to go down. So how do people get in touch with you and, and how can people learn uh, the yeah. Omari phase? Uh, so if you go to the, that's Tango Hotel Echo Omari Broussard on Facebook, that's my public profile. Look me up on there. Um, best way to, you know, see what I'm up to or ask questions. I do a video every day. Um you know, so that's that's where I promote because I just got so many darn projects going on. So that's the best place. And, and from there, you know, reach out and let's uh, let's talk. Cool. I love it. All right. So you heard it. The Omari. Oh, shoot. You just said it. The Omari Broussard. Is that right? Yeah. The, the, the Omari Broussard. Broussard. There you go. Uh, that's how you get in touch with them on the book of faces. Yes. Make sure that you go out today. Listen, today could be the day that you decide, you know what? I'm just tired of getting kicked in the teeth. Maybe you're maybe you like getting kicked in the teeth. Maybe you, maybe you like the lessons that you've been learning. But you got to understand before you decide to take that step forward, you got to learn to embrace that process of failure. Mari's a, a living example of that. And here at Knucklehead, we want to provide people the opportunity to talk about not just the wins that they've been able to make, but quite frankly, the failures. Because to his point, that's what everybody's doing all the time anyway. Eight out of ten times, if you're out there making it happen, that means eight out of ten times you're screwing up and failing. So get used to it. But you're going to enjoy those wins. You got to be, you got, you got to go out there and and not be beta about the process. So Amari, we appreciate you, buddy. You can listen to knucklehead literally once every, uh, once every week, uh, we're going to increase the, uh, the frequency of shows coming out, but every Tuesday, as of now, uh, you will be able to listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, your favorite podcast listening app. You can check us out on YouTube, knuckleheadpodcast.com. The shirt that Amari was talking about, don't be beta. You can get yours for a limited amount of time at knucklehead podcast that we'll be switching 
here soon, but it will be at knuckleheadpodcast.com for the time for the near being or for the for the near future. So Omari, we appreciate you, man. Anything else you wanna you wanna leave these guys with? Um, it's okay to be a knucklehead um, and stay in the game. Just stay in the game. Most people quit too soon. So hope that helps. Appreciate it, man. That's awesome. We'll see y'all. <laughs>